welcome to Grow Your Influence, leadership conversations for business owners and managers. Whether you own a business and have a team or leadership is part of your role, welcome, you're exactly where you need to be. Join co-hosts Juliet Robinson and Christy Lee Billet for their regular conversations on all things leadership. No corporate jargon, no textbook ideologies, just real life experience unpacked in a relaxed way to help you be your best boss and lead your team with confidence, clarity and control. This is Grow Your Influence. Let's dive in. Christy Lee, hello. Hey, Juliet, how are you going today? I'm well, thank you. I'm really excited about this little project that we're doing over the next few episodes. <laughs> um, and so and I just, I love our conversations, but I think this one's going to be great because it's going to flow across a few episodes. Let's talk about trust. Yes, this is a great topic because it's something you and I get asked about a lot when we're working with teams and with leaders. And it is such a fundamental um, way. You, effectively, you can't have a team unless you've got trust. Simon Sinek says a team is not a group of people that work together. It's a group of people that trust each other. Mm. But it's such a difficult thing to kind of articulate and define and to measure in a lot of ways. And I think that's why a lot of people struggle with trust and how to how to actually build it in their teams. I totally agree. And I think and you know um I mean Simon Sinek, Pat Lencioni, Brenna Brown, they all talk about the, the two different types of trust. So you know there's that task-based predictive trust that you'll do the job. And I know sometimes that gets talked down, but that's a really important element of trust. We have to trust yeah. that People will do what they say they'll do. But I think the, the, the more difficult one, the more difficult aspect of trust to nail down is this vulnerability-based trust, isn't it? It's, it's, this, it's all these elements that we're going to talk about mm. that, that we don't normally talk about, that we're not normally explicit about, and yet they are such important aspects to trust. Definitely. I think it's like everything when it comes to our team. We're, we're pretty good at nailing down the performance stuff or the detail yeah. stuff or the doing stuff, and it's the same with trust. We we know that people on our team that we trust to get a job done. If we need something done, we know to give it to that person, they're going to get it done. But that's, like you said, just one type of trust, and, and that's why we're going to talk about this topic actually over three episodes because it, I think it's important to break it down and to look at different ways that trust can be built and trust can be broken. Mm. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to unpack a framework, I guess, by a gentleman named David Horsica, who talks about eight pillars of trust. Now, there are all different ways that we can articulate and define and different frameworks for trust. But I've looked at this one before and I, I kind of like it because there's eight different pillars. And when you break them down, each of them just has a really common sense mm. kind of definition and approach that if we just took that one pillar as a focus, we could easily see what we need to do in that space. And so I think it's great for businesses that and leaders that want to sort of just break it down and, and maybe just work on one thing at a time and not try and tackle the beast. Mm, I totally agree. And I think I think it does make it easy to get your hands around it because, as you say, when we both get asked about, well, how do you do this trust? Mm. You know, what do I have to do to build trust in a team or to keep my team together and at the moment certainly I've been working with teams who are really grappling with you know things like hybrid working mm -hmm. um, and trying to embed something that's sustainable and without trust that just doesn't work. Mm, that's a really good point and I'm seeing that play out a lot in the work I'm doing with my clients at the moment this whole 
desire to return people back to the office is causing some real um, breakdown of trust because employees are now saying, hold on, mm-hmm. you've trusted me to work from home for the last two years when it was important for you yeah. to keep working. Now that it you've decided the the goalposts are different, you no longer trust me to work from home. And I'm I'm directly seeing this breakdown of trust. And in fact, I was talking to a business just yesterday who've asked me to talk to their people and get some, just get a bit of a feel of what's happening. Mm. And I guarantee you those conversations I'm going to have because they want their people back in the office at least three days a week now. Yeah. It's going to centre around why do they not trust me to work from home anymore? Yeah. And I do find it fascinating. I was speaking to... Um, a couple of managers the other day who were both saying that through COVID they've sort of put up with people working from home. You know, yeah. put up with <laughs> I had to tolerate it. Yes, but I still don't trust them. If I can't see them, I don't know what they're doing. You know, and you just and I was sort of they're talking. I'm saying, but it's not you know 1950. Yeah. And I guess this points back to an earlier episode, and we might put the link to that in the show notes, where we spoke about measuring outputs rather than you know, input, yeah, yeah. and yeah. spoke about that, outcomes, yeah. that's right. So yeah. um, we might, yeah, we'll put a link to that in today's show notes um, because that that's a great reminder of what we should be measuring with our people. It's not eyeballs on them, it's what they're actually getting done. I think that's exactly, and, and we've managed to do that. There's been no drop-off in productivity is what all the research is telling us over the past couple of years, that people working from home are able to do the job. Mm-hmm. But if you want to create and keep a cohesive team and particularly as people are becoming more mobile Mm. trust is going to be this thing that holds the team together isn't it absolutely absolutely because if your people don't trust each other and they don't trust you as their leader and that that's also important trust isn't a one-way street here then you're never going to get that engagement and that commitment and in an environment where um at the moment at least um employees are in demand, they can walk from one job to another in a heartbeat. They can walk from one job to 10 jobs in a heartbeat right now. Yes. You you want to have a team that trusts you because the breakdown in trust will, will get people to look to leave for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Mm. So shall we dive into them? <laughs> yeah, so why don't we, we'll mention what the eight pillars are, but we're just going to focus on two pillars in today's episode. Yep. And then the next two episodes, we're going to focus on three more pillars each. So The first two pillars that we're going to touch on today are clarity and compassion. Mm -hmm. Then next episode, we're going to look at character, competency and commitment. And then finally, connection, contribution and consistency. So today we're focusing on clarity and compassion as our first two pillars of trust. And I love that we're starting with clarity, to be honest. It is, I feel like sometimes I'm a bit of a broken record when I'm talking to business owners and leaders about the need it's so important right oh absolutely and and I've been talking with people lately about this you know how do I keep my team engaged and this is the first thing I say be clear Mm -hmm. about what you want to achieve be clear about the vision make sure that everybody knows what that is because Mm -hmm. so often when I go into a team and I'll say so what are your three key priorities and and everyone's saying um well um well we need to do this and you know and as I say to them you know you're just going to help with your own if somebody's yes. not checking them for you. Mm-hmm. So I totally believe clarity is important. I think also because in the absence of clarity, people create their own because they crave it. Yes. So if you don't give them the clarity you want them to have, they'll just come up with their own story. And Absolutely. Their own clarity yeah. And yeah. Drive that way. 
And I think it comes down to as well, and I'm seeing this a lot as, you know, we're coming out of a very stressful couple of years for anyone in leadership or a business management type of role. We've kind of lost our own sense of clarity. And if we're not clear in our sense about what the next step is, what the big priorities are, how on earth can our team ever have any sense of clarity themselves? So I think for many of us, there's a need to take stock, maybe even take a step back, get some clarity about the direction because then we can communicate it with our team. But I'm talking to a lot of business owners at the moment that have kind of lost a bit of clarity themselves. Yeah. I think that's right. And I think this is when I was talking to these two uh, managers about being uncomfortable with people working remotely. Again, and I, I talked to them about this idea of clarity. But if you're really clear about you, what you want to achieve as a team, and you then flow that down so that everybody's really clear about how their roles feed into that, then you don't need to be watching people. No, you know, not exactly. Build trust because people go, oh, I get it. This is, this is my role. This is how I contribute. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to get on and do that. Exactly. And people want clarity. They actually, yeah, they, they kind of don't really trust when there's no clarity. It feels like maybe something a little bit amiss is going on. So I think there's a couple of things at play there. Firstly, don't assume that your people know yes. what what is the objective. You need to articulate it and communicate it. And I think, you know, they don't read our minds. They, you know, they they aren't in our heads. So making sure you're clearly communicating it. But also, um, the quote that comes to mind from Brené Brown is: "Clear is kind. Unclear is unkind." Yes. And I think so often we get caught up in, "Oh, we don't want to be bossy, or we don't want to be too direct with our people." No, they want that. They actually want that clarity. And clarity doesn't mean certainty. You don't have to have all the answers. You've just got to clearly articulate where we're at, where we're going, how we're going to get there. Mm. And I I totally agree. What I have seen in a couple of organisations I've been in in the last, I don't know, four or five years, is that uh, sometimes there's um, they bring in young people or young Mm -hmm. people are attracted to the organisation because the work is, it's not highly skilled, all of that sort of thing. And they never set out why they're here. They lit- so these people literally just come to work, go home, come to work, go home. They don't feel any sense of connection with something bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we talk about positive psychology and we talk about what well-being and what feeds our soul, for most people, that connection with something bigger is a really important part of it. And if we want to connect people to what we do, mm-hmm. I think clarity is so important. Being able Absolutely. to articulate what you do and being clear with them where they fit in that. And I, I do see that not happening um, mm. sometimes. And I think it's really difficult because those people are not attached to your business at all. They're no. just, you know, they'll just go to the next business that's going to pay them more or give them better hours or whatever. There's no connection. Definitely. And I think actually, you know, talking of younger generations, this is really important to them, more important to them than even our Gen Xs and and Gen Y generations. This sense of purpose, this clear sense of we're contributing to something, we're part of something bigger is really, really important to them as an underlying value. So if you haven't clearly articulated that, yes, you're answering the phones or yes, you're packaging the stock, but that contributes to this happening and that happening and, and this, you know, whatever this we are contributing to the world and every business is contributing something. So totally. it's, it's yeah. about 
you know, drawing them along to that story. Mm-hmm. And that's right, that that creates that sense of connection that's going to keep them with your business and not just keep them there, but keep them trying harder and committed more and, and doing better work. That's it, yes. Feeling that they really want to achieve, they want to strive. I think it's such, but yeah, it's one of those underpinning things, isn't it, that really, and I think it often gets overlooked because mm-hmm. particularly if you set up the business yourself, there's a sense of, well, we're just driving forward. Um, And often people who are highly analytical just don't do this because they think it's so obvious. Yes, exactly. What do you want me to say? Because it should be really clear to everybody, this is what we do in our business. You know, it's on the label sort of thing. Yeah. Um, But being clear with people is not just about saying read the label. It's about giving them that that whole, you know, what, what why are we doing what we do? And what does that mean that we have to do and how do we want to do it? So, yeah. I agree. Clarity at every step of the way mm. um, I think is really, really important, whether it's the daily expectations, whether it's the, the vision, whether it's the 12-month goal, you've got to constantly be embedding that clarity. Mm. I think so. I think it's an important one. What about compassion? This is great. Um, I love that we're talking about this because I think I think it's missing in a lot of um, business owners and leaders. I think um, not intentionally, but just in the getting caught up in, you know, all the things we've got to do. And and for some business owners, I think it feels like, you know, do we have, you know, it's a little bit like they feel like they're going beyond what they should have to do as a business owner. But it is important because your team will put more faith and trust in you mm-hmm. if they feel like they're cared about. Yeah, yeah. If do you, you see people struggle with this? Mm-hmm. Do, you people, do you see people struggle with this? Oh, absolutely. And, and <clears throat> again, I mean, I, I work with um, leadership teams and we talk about this sometimes. And honestly, I've had people say, oh, my God, you're going to make me meet with my team more often, aren't you? <laughs> you're going to make me have more conversations. And I'm like, yeah. Maybe you shouldn't be in a leadership role, but anyway. yeah, yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? Um, yep. Yeah, often I find people dread this aspect of things because it means they have to connect with their people. Mm. They have to actually understand what's going on for them, mm. and it's amazing when you do. You know yeah. how connected people become with with you as a leader, with what you're trying to do, and and across the team because. Because there's compassion, uh, if you're role modelling compassion, you're creating an environment within the team that says this is the way we want to be mm. and it's okay. It doesn't make you, um, you know, soft and fluffy. It doesn't make you uh, a bit flaky. It's actually really nice and really safe. Yeah. You know, it feels like something I want to be able to do. Yeah, create, it creates that psychological safety, which is actually really, really important for people. And I think I think this is a hard line for a lot of people to walk because a lot of, you know, certainly managers and leaders that I speak to have been compassionate in the past but have been taken advantage of or they've just they've taken compassion to a whole nother level and become the counsellor or psychologist and taken on the mental load and the psychological load of their employees' problems. Mm. That's not what compassion is about. And this is where they've not watched that. No, no. And so then they've flipped and done sort of a 
a 180 and gone to completely zero compassion and which comes across as zero care to your team um, because they've they've just taken it too far compassion is not about you taking on the load compassion is about you identifying with and understanding and empathizing with your team and you know supporting them in what it is that they need but you don't have to be that support mechanism no absolutely Interestingly, about oh, probably five or six years ago now, so well before COVID, um, I was talking with a woman who led a team and I was talking with her because she had just lost all of her bonus because she wasn't connecting with her team and they'd given her a really bad rap in the feedback sessions. Mm. And she was doing, she was talking about, well, I, you know, I, I don't understand. I'm, you know, I just, I'm fine with them. I, I'm a good leader. And then she went on to tell me about one of the women in her team who had been diagnosed with breast cancer and had asked to work from home a couple of days a week. And again came this comment of, well, I, if I can't see her, she's probably doing the washing or, you know, um, doing home stuff and not working. Now, interestingly, I met this woman again about a year later and she had been diagnosed with breast cancer. And she was working from home and she had had this huge epiphany about, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed that I treated my people this way. Mm. No wonder they loathed me, basically, because I didn't have any compassion. And having this really huge health scare had suddenly made her realise that everybody has stuff going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter whether it's big or small, it's their stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so important. Yeah. I talk a lot with um, business owners about when they're having, when they're not happy with one of their team or they're having challenges, about not assuming they know what's going on and having really curious conversations to get this person to tell them, talk to them, open up to them and really get to the bottom of what's going on and really seek first to understand. And I think our default setting is often we assume we know or we assume the matter and it matters because you don't know what someone's experience is right now unless you're open to having those conversations and just having someone have an opportunity to talk to you can go so far to them feeling like you have their back and you are listening I think so and and to them feeling heard Mm. you know we know how important it is that people feel like you've heard what they have to say absolutely even if you can't do anything to change the situation. Just that that ability to be able to say, yeah, I, I, they know what's going on. They understand, yes. you know. Exactly, exactly. That that's that's so true. It's that feeling like they've been heard. And they know sometimes they know you can't do anything about it, or yeah. they know your hands will be yeah. tied. And the the expectation is not for you to be able to change or fix things, mm. but if, simply for them to be heard. Yeah. And I agree with you that getting curious is such an important part of this. Mm. Yeah, I think we all forget that. You know, we're curious as kids, but as we grow up, we lose that sense of curiosity and we miss so much when we don't lean into that. And I think also, you know, in the work world, often we're just pushing to get outcomes. Yes. And we forget that that it's people who produce outcomes, Mm -hmm. you know, and so we really need to engage with the people. There's no point just driving through. No. Just leaving people in your way. There's some kind of collateral damage. No, because you'll never get the best out of people. Like 
if you want the most out of your team, they need to be engaged. And without these elements of trust, you've got zero chance of having Absolutely. an engaged team. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. so important. So I like the first two pillars that we've unpacked today, clarity and compassion, because I think I think all eight of these pillars are foundational, but I feel like without these two, some of the others we can't quite get to. Yeah, so no, I totally agree. Yes. They're a good starting point. So next episode we're going to talk about character, competency and commitment. So we're going to unpack three more next episodes. So join us then. And if you're wanting to join in the conversation about trust in your team and how you can do that and some things you've seen work possibly, come over to the Facebook page and let us know. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a rating, comment and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to recommend us to a friend. We also love hearing suggestions for topics or guest speakers that you would love to hear from. The best way to reach us to give us those suggestions is over on our Facebook page. Simply head to Facebook and search Grow Your Influence. See you there.